Welcome to the Leadership Meets Life podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Phil Berge. Every episode, I challenge you to connect action and wisdom on your leadership journey. Each podcast features a leadership tool or approach to apply immediately to your work and life. Drawing from my experiences as a business owner, a nonprofit executive, an educator, a process consultant, and an executive coach. If you'd like to dig deeper, you can find these episodes at leadershipmeetslifepodcast.com and my blog at leadershipmeetslifeblog.com. Join me as I bring some theory, a little humor, and some results-oriented wisdom served up in about 20 minutes while you exercise, drive, cook, or whenever you're ready to grow. Thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Phil Berge, and I'm excited to share this 10th episode of the Leadership Meets Life podcast. This episode is my third in the 2022 series focused on learnings from the fascinating fields of neuroscience. Today, we'll look at focus, what it means to pay attention, and what's going on in our brain when we're multitasking. And as always, we'll make some practical connections to leadership and life. I'll be referencing some resources you may find helpful to do your own exploring as as well as drawing on my own experiences. So let's get started. My wife Yvonne and I needed to decide, were we going to take a vacation in late February or were the uncertainties of COVID too much to navigate? Friends of ours had asked us last summer if we would like to join them for a week on the island of Vieques, one of the few remaining Caribbean islands that haven't been impacted by commercial development. While I enjoy the amenities of a resort-style vacation, my love of the three R's, rivers, raptors, and reading, mean that I also value the outdoors a lot. A word about Vieques before taking a dive into the neuroscience of focus and decision-making Isla de Vieques is the second largest of the so-called Spanish Virgin Islands, better known as the archipelago of Puerto Rico. Vieques is part of the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico, and despite being only eight miles from the main island, has retained strong influences from 400 years of Spanish presence on the island. With fewer than 10,000 residents and literally no high-rise buildings, Vieques is, to overstate it a bit, one big beach that measures 20 miles long by four and a half miles wide. Like many parts of paradise, however, there's a whole other story to this island that I won't go into in this episode focused on the neuroscience of attention and multitasking in our decision making. But here's a quick summary. A large part of the island of Vieques was used by the U.S. Navy as a bombing range and testing ground until a crisis led to the people of Vieques and eventually the international community successfully stopping and expelling the Navy's activity on the island. Most of the former Navy land is now a national wildlife refuge, although much of the refuge is closed off to people due to contamination an unexploded ordinance that the military is slowly cleaning up. 
Like many heavenly places in the world, there are multiple stories that lie beneath the beaches of Vieques, beaches that are commonly listed among the most beautiful in the Caribbean due to their white sands against waters of turquoise, azure, and cobalt blue. While I would enjoy talking more about the beauty and history and complexity of Isla de Vieques, I want to focus this episode on a few key points from the neuroscience of decision-making and well, of focus. You may recall from previous episodes of my Leadership Meets Life podcast or my Leadership Meets Life blog, that in the heyday of the COVID pandemic, AKA 2020, I decided to take a four month neuroscience certificate program with Dr. Irina O'Brien through her aptly named organization, the Neuroscience School. One of the themes that really fascinated me was this concentration on focus and decision-making. In this podcast, I'll key in on the neuroscience of attention and multitasking. And in my corresponding blog post, I'll be focusing more on the neuroscience of decision-making. So let's begin with this notion of attention, since attention is central to focus and multitasking. More than a century ago, philosopher, psychologist, and educator William James said this as a definition for the word attention. Attention, he said, is the taking possession by the mind in clear and vivid form of one out of what seem several simultaneously possible objects or trains of thought. It implies withdrawal from some things in order to deal effectively with others." End of quote. Now that is a dense definition that probably bears repeating, and I'll say it again. Attention is the taking possession by the mind in clear and vivid form of one out of what seems several simultaneously possible objects or trains of thought. It implies withdrawal from some things in order to deal effectively with others, end of quote. This century old definition by William James essentially still holds true. So attention is when the mind focuses on one of what could be multiple things, whether they're objects or options or trains of thought. We can choose which thing to focus on, but we can't actually focus on two things at once. We can zoom in or we can zoom out, but not both at the same time. Try having a meaningful conversation with someone fixated on something happening behind you. In my corresponding blog post on focus and decision-making, I'll be including links to several fun videos that make this point quite well, that you can zoom in or you can zoom out. You can focus in or you can focus out, but not both. To understand all of this a bit better, let's look at some neuroscience theory that explains why we can't focus our attention on two things at once. You'll probably find that listening to this next part will go better if you, well, focus. Essentially, our brain has three networks, 
And I find it easier to understand it as two opposing networks controlled by a third. One of the networks is called the Central Executive Network or CEN. And you're probably thinking, well, my Comcast or Cox TV account doesn't have that network. And you'd be right, CEN is in your brain. Anyway, the Central Executive Network helps us with narrowing our focus, self-control, problem solving, and, and rational decision-making. When you hear Central Executive, you might substitute the words Leadership Center. A second network, the one opposing the Central Executive Network, is called the Default Mode Network, or DMN. And this default mode network helps the brain relax our attention. It allows for mind wandering and daydreaming and helps us have a sense of self. The default mode network is also where creativity is generated. You know, like when you're not thinking of something, like when you're driving the car or washing your hair in the shower and all of a sudden you have an idea or can recall something that helps you resolve something you'd been trying to work on with the focused part of your brain, that opposing central executive network. And that's why we often say when you're trying to resolve something, do something else for a while or let it go. And your mind can come to grips with something from a different part of your brain. So here's the deal. The brain can only use one of these two opposing networks at once. Our brain is not capable of activating both networks simultaneously. You are either consciously activating the central executive network, narrowing your focus on something or actively practicing self-control or intently problem solving something or rationally and consciously making a decision. You're either doing that in the central executive network or your brain is using the other and opposing network, the default mode network. I found it helpful to understand the following. Our brain is typically in the default mode network. Get it? Default as in the mode our brain is in when nothing else is going on. But when needed, the brain shifts out of that default mode into, yep, you guessed it, that central executive network that helps us do our tasks. But how does the brain switch back and forth between the two opposing networks, the central executive network and the default mode network? Well, that's a fair question. The switching back and forth happens through a third kind of governing network known as, wait for it, the salience network. You know, salience as in that which is important or most relevant. We talk about which facts are most salient to a particular point we're trying to make, for example. Anyway, the salience network is what's always asking, is this important data? How about that? Is that important? Should I be focusing on something? What should I be focusing on? The salience network is a collection of regions of our brain that are constantly scanning multiple sources of stimuli and selecting which stimuli are most deserving of our attention. These can be a stimulus from inside our body, like, hey, I'm hungry or thirsty, at which point we stand up and get something to eat or drink. Or the stimulus may come from the environment around us, like a siren and flashing lights that 
tell us to pull over and let an ambulance pass. In other words, the salience network acts like a security guard that's always watching whether things are okay or whether some noises or commotion need checking into. Or, and I kind of hate to use this analogy, but I'm gonna. The salience network is like the AI some of us have in our homes, constantly snooping on us, waiting for those magically salient words like, hey Siri, or hey Alexa, or hey Google, at which point the AI responds to our query. Well, except for Siri, who way too often has no idea what I'm looking for. Anyway, the regions of the brain that comprise the salience network are scanning a range of our body's perception, emotion, and interpersonal experience, and shifting us out of default mode into the central executive network when that's what's needed. So speaking practically, there you are driving down the road, daydreaming, and out of the corner of your eye, you detect a white-tailed deer heading for the roadway on a trajectory that looks like it may intersect with yours. It's your constantly scanning salience network that switches you out of your daydreaming and into the central executive network, that control station from where you decide, even in a split second, whether to ignore, swerve, break, or brace yourself, depending on your quick decision-making. Or you might think of the salience network as those collective regions of the brain that wake you up from your daydreaming when you realize one of your coworkers or your supervisor has been calling your name several times. That salience network is what switches your brain out of the default mode network and activates your central executive network so you can quickly wipe the drool from the corner of your mouth and come up with a look on your face that suggests you were deep in thought about something important and very much work-related. By the way, as someone who has seen firsthand a parent struggling with dementia, it's the failure of the salience network to function properly that can lead to dementia or other so-called neuropsychiatric disorders when it can't properly switch between the two opposing networks. So there you have it, three networks working together in one brain. Central executive network that thinks it's running the show but is simply the network that's activated when we're working on a task or need to maintain focused attention on something or someone. The default mode network that's activated when we're not performing a task or when we're daydreaming or thinking about others or about ourselves, Or in my case, sometimes monkey mind, you know, that Buddhist term that explains all the chatter and noise that's too often rattling around in our head. And then thirdly, the salience network that acts as the switch between the default mode network and the central executive network based on what's salient. It's responsible for sensing whether and when to switch from our default mode network into the central executive network based on the range of stimuli the body is receiving and the perceived relevance, or if you prefer, saliency. 
Okay, Bergy, all of this is interesting, but what about those of us stellar people who are able to multitask? We're probably using all networks in our brain at once, right? Well, first of all, no. You're not using all your networks at once. Two cannot operate at the same time. And one is always busy choosing which of the other two gets activated. Further, those in the neurosciences say there are limited parameters for what is commonly known as multitasking. In fact, much of what we consider multitasking is fast task switching between multiple tasks. By the way, trying to get the wording right for this podcast has been a tongue twister. Fast test switching or quick test switching. Try saying that a bunch of times quickly. Anyway, much of what you and I consider multitasking is actually fast task switching. And fast task switching, that is switching quickly between or among two or more tasks, isn't as productive as we'd like to believe. Studies consistently show that our efforts at multitasking produce more errors and at a cost of overall productivity and or impact to our body budget. Said another way, constantly switching back and forth between tasks is generally not efficient, nor is it more effective. This is especially true when the tasks are important. Think about what happens when you're writing a report while also having a conversation with someone by text. Either you ignore or stretch out the texting exchange, or you find yourself constantly needing to restart your focus and concentration on your report writing. One or the other or both are negatively impacted in terms of efficiency and or quality. This scenario is even more impactful if you're needing to get the report finished in a short time while the texting exchange is also an important conversation. I wonder, can you actively and effectively participate in a meeting while working on your email? Can you meaningfully listen to your spouse share something important while watching an exciting real-time event on TV? I've found the practice of mindfulness to be a wonderful way to increase my ability to focus. And by mindfulness, I mean the practice of focusing on being fully aware of, say, our breathing, our in-breath and our out-breath. Focusing on something this basic can help increase our overall ability to stay engaged in our central executive network. And for those of us who try to practice mindfulness this way in the form of meditation or prayer, we know all too well how quickly our mind shifts back into the default mode network where we find ourselves mindlessly recalling something stupid we said yesterday or wondering why so-and-so seems to be acting cold to us today. The beauty of practicing mindfulness is that when we find ourselves distracted from our focus on breathing, we can simply and non-judgmentally bring our attention back to our breath and to begin again. If you're looking for a helpful app to practice mindfulness, I really like a phone app called 10% Happier. It's promoted as mindfulness for skeptics, and it's been a game changer for me 
And I've listed this along with other resources in the program notes with this podcast. Having said all this about multitasking, that is fast task switching, most of us are capable of doing two things at once if they are using what are called separate channels in our brain. For example, except for those of us who can't chew gum and walk, most of us can listen to music or a podcast while taking a run or walk. However, trying to listen to a podcast while having a meaningful conversation with someone walking or jogging alongside us, yeah, not so much. Well, look, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode and found something helpful for you. To summarize this episode of Leadership Meets Life, our brain has three distinct networks, central executive, default mode, and salience. You might remember them this way. The salience network is constantly scanning our body and any signals it's getting from inside our body or from the environment around us. It uses that scanning to decide when something is important enough for us that is salient enough to switch from the default mode network into the central executive network. The default mode network is simply what it says. It's the default mode when we're not engaged in a task or conscious effort of any kind. The opposite network from the default mode is the central executive network, that leadership center that gets activated by the salience network to respond to a threat or engage in a task or pursue an intentional process. Practically speaking, we do our best listening, thinking, and problem solving when we can remain focused in that central executive network. The other thing I've highlighted in this podcast episode of Leadership Meets Life is the notion of multitasking, or as you've heard me say, fast task switching, since for many tasks, especially those using the same channel, we can only switch between them. The exception is when we're using different channels like jogging while listening to this Leadership Meets Life podcast. And I also said when we're thinking that our multitasking is so amazing, we're actually not being as productive or efficient as we'd like to believe, since during fast task switching, we use more resources from our body budget, and we also tend to make more errors or produce lower quality work. In my blog post this month that complements today's podcast episode, I expand on the neuroscience of emotion and decision making with examples and tips to help you and me in our growth and development of habits toward health and wholeness and leadership in life. We'll look at the stages of decision-making and the interplay between our rational and intuitive parts of our bodies as they relate to decision-making. So check that out at leadershipmeetslifeblog.com later this month. In the program notes, I reference some great resources used to prepare this podcast, including a fun video about multitasking. I'm grateful you decided to join me for this Leadership Meets Life podcast. I'd love to hear from you what you found helpful about today's podcast or, or what you find perplexing. Reach out to me at leadershipmeetslifepodcast.com and let's start a conversation. Next month, my podcast and blog will focus on the neuroscience of motivation and willpower as it relates to leadership and life. 
And as always, I'd be honored if you'd share my podcast and blog with other folks. Thanks as always to my fearless producer, Jennifer Miller of Strategically Connected, who so expertly helps me behind the scenes as we help you connect wisdom and action for your leadership world, for wherever leadership meets life. Stay well, friends.